episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected is brought to you by Bridgeside Medical Clinic, Chesapeake Integrated Behavioral Healthcare, and Edgar Casey's ARE. Hello and welcome to Calm, Cool, and Connected. I'm your host, Dr. Elizabeth Bedrick. It's a pretty well-known fact that obtaining sobriety from any addiction, really, is often incredibly difficult and comes with a lot of ups and downs. The American Addiction Centers asserts that the rate of individuals who relapse after a period of recovery is anywhere from 50 to 90 percent, and this is for a whole plethora of different reasons. Yet there are many people who do obtain recovery successfully and not only obtain recovery, but are also able to maintain sobriety successfully. Our next guest has his own story and experience with sobriety, and he's here to share with us about that. Hi, Corey. Welcome to our show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for your willingness to come on and share with our viewers about your story. Tell us a little bit about your background. Tell us, you know, where the addiction started and and what that was like for you throughout that time. You know, I've noticed an addiction and also kind of a behavior starting when I was really young. I became very fixated on things and I became very obsessed with things. I was always searching for an out and an outlet and also a reason to escape. Being a gay man from Pennsylvania, I was always looking for acceptance and love. And I thought I found that in alcohol and in substances, but I realized that the alcohol and the substances were actually what was bringing me down. And instead of finding love, I found hate for myself. And addiction really brought me to places that really made me just disgusted with who I was. And then finding recovery is what brought all that love for myself that I was searching for. How do you feel that the addiction impacted other aspects of your mental illness? Did Were there symptoms of anxiety or depression, or it even sounds like maybe some obsessive compulsive tendencies that were coming up for you. Tell me about that. You know, I thought that alcohol was helping my depression. I thought it was helping my anxiety because I thought it was giving me confidence to talk to people and interact with people. But actually, it was what was making me feel like I was not worthy. It was what was making me feel like I was unable to relate to other people. And I started realizing that it was what was kind of crippling everything around me. My anxiety and depression only got worse. And so when I actually took out what I thought was saving me, I realized that's what was hurting me. And at what point of your journey did you start to realize, you know, maybe there's a problem here. Maybe I need to try a different route. You know, I... um. I realized early on, but that doesn't mean I did anything about it. I, I really just kept going because I was unable to really turn back time or turn around. It was kind of brought to me by my loved ones and people I worked with. My life was unmanageable and I really needed to do something about it. So when I finally was able to get the help that I needed and not that I wasn't able to get it before, but I was able to finally see that I needed it and willing to help myself. That's when I realized that everything I was doing was actually detrimental to who I was. Yeah, that's such a great point. I mean, what a distinction between recognizing that we might need help and then actually being willing and ready to receive it. I'm sure that was just a drastic shift for you. Do you think that there was something that 
took place? Was there an event? Was there something that happened that really prompted you to be ready to receive that help? You know, it's funny you said that because that's kind of like how we in recovery see that it's just like the final straw or like your rock bottom. And to be honest, I really was losing everything around me. I worked as a professional dancer and I trained my whole life for dance, but all the jobs that I was booking, I was getting fired from. I was getting sent home from tour. I was getting kind of, I felt like just people were so sick of what I was doing, the destruction I was causing. But yet the alcohol and my addiction still had such a great hold over me that I wasn't willing to give that up for my dream until finally I realized I had nothing left to give anymore and anything was better than what I was doing. So that's when I finally just said, you know, I... I have nothing to lose. And uh, I was like, let's just give this a shot. And it seemed like it worked out for you, most certainly. What what was the most, let's say, impactful aspect of your recovery process that really, you know, got you heading in the right direction? And then, like I was saying in the intro, you know, 50 to 90 percent of individuals who have this period of recovery end up relapsing. And so what do you think that it was about your recovery journey that really allowed you to maintain your sobriety? Well, I think I was I was supposed to be in rehab for 30 days and I was actually there for a year. So I I think like something that really stands out in my memory is waking up one day and not wishing that I was someone else. And that's kind of when. I realized what I was doing was work. So that's when when I was able to start finding not even just love, but acceptance for myself. And, And then the love for myself came and it was something that I've never experienced before. And how did that shift your mental health? What was the profound impact, you know, for you to be able to start accepting and not only accepting, but loving yourself for the first time, it sounds like ever. How did that shift just everything around you you know I started realizing my worth and I started realizing that I didn't have to do anything for anyone or be anything for anyone to be loved I was just enough and the words that other may, others maybe have called me or their opinions of me did not define who I was and just because someone not, might not agree with who I am does not make their opinion of fact and that's what really just started kind of it was like a snowball effect and the love for myself just really started to grow in a way that I I've never even imagined could happen oh that's so amazing so you were really able to weed out those external negative influences Mm -hmm. and really start to see your own inherent worth just yeah as you yeah that What an amazing experience that must have been. Tell me about the advocacy work that you're doing, because you've had such an amazing journey in this and and you're doing so well in the recovery process. How is this translating to the advocacy work that you're doing? You know, I've been sober for almost nine years. And during that time, I kept it kind of really close to me. And um, I haven't really spoken much about it because I just felt like it was super sacred and it was just my story to hold on to. But about a year ago, I decided to start sharing a little bit more while we were all in quarantine and just be there for people that might be struggling. And I realized that that's 
been kind of like the most rewarding thing in my own life is talking more about it. So starting my podcast, Life According to Corey, has been a great way to share my story. And then also doing uh, work with different organizations has been a great way to connect with others and just hear what they have gone through and see where we can relate. What was the support like for you? I would imagine, did you have a strong support system through this or do you currently? And what difference did that make for your recovery process? Yeah, I mean, I had such an amazing support system with my family growing up, always there to support me and let me know that I was loved. The only issue was that I didn't love myself. So the love from others really didn't mean anything until I started finding that for me. And having that support system, not only for me, but for others, supporting those who are going through something like this is the most important thing to let them know that they are loved and they are worthy and that recovery for anyone is possible. Yes. Such a beautiful point. What is some advice or some feedback or suggestions that you might give to somebody who is maybe considering that this might be an issue? Maybe they need to seek some help, some treatment. I would say to honestly just take it one day at a time and find someone that you can talk to and just bounce ideas off of. Nothing has to be made or set in stone right now. I just think that if you are already considering that there might be a problem or thinking there might be a problem, there probably is. So let's just uncover that a little bit and talk about it. Yeah. Yep. Great point. Where can our viewers find more about you and find out about your podcast or find you on social media? On social media, on TikTok, I'm always talking about recovery, everything related to dance and just wellness. It's at Corey underscore O'Brien. And then my podcast is Life According to Corey. Okay, perfect. Yes, I heard your TikToks are rather entertaining. <laughs> yes, you know, my TikToks are fun. I've, I have found a way to combat hate with humor and just okay. really have fun with who I am. And I just really like to put a smile on people's faces. That's amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you all for tuning into this episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected. Please make sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram, and also make sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast so that others can discover our content as well. Thank you again for joining us on this episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected. 